and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day here today recording live under the balmy summer breezes here in Media, Pennsylvania. Today we have Dr. Hun Wang as our honored guest. And uh, Dr. Wang has attended the Peking University School of Medicine in Beijing, China. She received her PhD from the Department of Physiology at McGill University in Montreal, Canada. And Dr. Wang has completed her anesthesiology residency and was chief resident at the Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan in 2000. She is board certified with the American Board of Anesthesiology and Advanced Perioperative Transesophageal Echocardiography. Dr. Wang serves the department as professor and vice chair of the clinical operations, which oversees the department's clinical activities, coordinates the daily operative suite schedule. She is a cardiac anesthesia team member that provides and directs anesthesia to patients undergoing open heart procedures in conjunction with cardiothoracic surgeons. Dr. Wang is a director of the Department of Point of Care Ultrasound, POCUS, and she has established the POCUS training for the anesthesia residents and participated in the West Virginia University Medical School ultrasound training. She has passed the inaugural board exam and the examination of special competence in critical care echocardiography, which is administered by the National Board of Echocardiography in conjunction with nine other partnering organizations. Dr. Wang is currently the president of the Chinese American Society of Anesthesiology, also known as CASA. Ah, Dr. Wang, that was a mouthful. I can't believe I got through that. You're a lady uh, who is known worldwide. How are you? Good. Thank you, James, for this wonderful introduction. And thank you all for listening to the podcast podcast. Yes, it's kind of fun. We talk to a lot of people uh, all over the world in different fields, and you've got quite a illustrious uh, bio right there. McGill, down to, and now you're in West Virginia. How do, what, what's your opinion of West Virginia? A beautiful state. It's a mountain and a valley and a beautiful people. There you go. Good answer. So, I, you know, I guess right out of the gate, we're going to talk about why you were interested in point-of-care ultrasound. Uh, it's about, uh, I think it's almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was an anesthesiologist attending a patient in the post-surgical uh, recovery area. And this patient was uh, our blood pressure is going down and uh, it's unresponsive. And so me and my resident tried to put a central line in and uh, uh, we tried to figure out why cause this patient is a decompensate. Mm-hmm. And then here comes a uh, recently trained uh, intensively ca- intensive care fellow. And he saw me using ultrasound putting central line. I was just after putting central line, tried to give the, the poor patient some uh, medication to stabilize. And here he goes, put ultrasound on the body. So he came around telling me, Dr. Wink, I think you need to call the surgeon. This patient has a full of blood. In the, uh, in the belly. Oh wow! I was quite, I was quite impressed. 
And of course, I call the surgeon, I call the OR. So we, we bring the patient to the, to, the, to the OR, we open the belly, we actually find fresh, probably about uh, like a two liters of blood in there. Wow. So some people in the medical field may say, well, didn't you guys have the drainage, all that stuff? Uh, guess what? That particular patient, uh, after the surgery, sometimes we put a drain in the uh, belly, but that drainage is blocked. So the nurses and the other doctors, we all think that's impossible for the, uh, for the, for the belly breathing because we're always looking this as one of the costs as decompensation, uh, especially after, after abdominal surgery, one of the reasons. But we, we look at the drainage tube, it's totally clear. So we didn't think, nobody, uh, nobody else thinking it's because the intra-abdominal bleed. So at that moment, at that day, I told myself, this is a very, very useful skill. I'll have to learn this. <laughs> yeah. So since then, that's the, that's the reason, you know, I become interesting. And of course, at that time, we don't call token. The name changed uh, uh, the, for the past 10 years. But now I think everybody agrees. Uh, uh, most everybody using it called it Pocus Pulling Off the Care Archisol. Yes, and I like the fact that anesthesiologists and CRNNs are doing not only IJs, but swans and pick lines and ultrasound-guided needle and nerve blocks. And I had a friend, Thomas Kelly at Thomas Jefferson, who was telling me they were doing uh, sticks in the anatomical snuff box right there between your thumb and your forepranger. And uh, they were doing arterial sticks, and they wanted to learn that now. So that's that's fascinating because, and now you guys are starting to do more diagnostic stuff, like you just told me, because you're right there in the moment, and you can uh, correct any mistakes right there in the OR. That's great. Correct. Ultrasound guided line placement, or we call it in a broader field, we call it ultrasound guided procedure. Mm-hmm. Guided line placement. Um, it, it's relatively new, probably for the past ten years. And we're used to using a can find IV. We're using uh, this uh, uh, other tools, try to feel it. Now we're just using ultrasound. And the more and more we're using uh, ultrasound guided for arterial line sticks, so we don't blindly keep poking the patient. Because the, uh, uh, so now we actually have an eye, you know, uh, can see where does the vessel is. Okay. Yeah, that needle guided, ultrasound needle guided makes it great because, you know, <clears throat> a patient can go through major cardiac surgery and then if someone gives them a bad stick when they write their comment card, I've seen it and it's kind of funny. They go, well, I got a bad stick and I got a hematoma. But other than that, everything was great. <laughs> so I find that funny. Yeah. yeah. So how did you learn to use a point of care ultrasound? So everything that day, so I start to pay attention. Uh, well, at that time, we don't call it a point of care ultrasound. So at that time, the name usually start, actually, people probably, uh, you know, for some of us in this point of the care, uh, long enough knows, those days, the really famous name, we call it, is a FAST. Point of care ultrasound kind of derived from the FAST. FAST is a focused assessment sonography for trauma. So basically, um, now we now we know the fast is mostly concentrated in the abdominal, and basically just looking looking for the free fluid in the belly. So so I start um, pay attention 
to the uh, all the field development in the fast. So I go into workshop. I go in using uh, uh, reading papers and then using some of the online tool. Those days we don't have Pocus Academy yet, and uh, uh, so there's uh, basically uh, you're looking like uh, some of the website occasionally have some uh, video clips, so you learn from the from the from the online web tool, and then basically dive into the the book and uh, participate in some of the workshop, and gradually more and more tools are developing, more people are talking about. You go to conference. More uh, workshop pop up, and then actually I start to uh, uh, participate in some of the, the teaching. So that you know, so uh, during my teaching uh, of the focus, then I kind of realized which part I'm not the uh, you know I need to improve myself, and also exchange with the other profession. So I find that I can learn and uh, uh, learn from the different aspects. So focus now it's evolved much more, right? So we are we, on the focus academy website. We we know that uh, it's a, it's including fast, long, with hard, with a uh, anytime we call the basically it's a point of the care artisan quick bedside examination. Yeah, and sounds like you've gone the distance. I I appreciate you sent me a picture of your uh, facility and you have large screen TVs and. Uh, beds right there with all the equipment. You have some simulators there. So, so what? I just want to know what's your take on the best way to learn a point of care ultrasound? Well, I think this is like any hands-on uh, procedure or hands-on tool, hands-on design. You need to learn. You need to have a basic knowledge, and you also need to do the hands-on. You have to do it yourself. So, uh, uh, yeah. This is just like learning any new technology. You need to start from basic. You need to know the uh, what the ultrasound mechanism, the what what generate ultrasound, and how the ultrasound works, and the physics of ultrasound. This can be uh, uh, pretty in depth, but also can be simple. Just uh, uh, you know, so uh, you understand some of the basic things. Now have some basic knowledge, and then you know with uh, some. Uh, 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 book, literature, participate in some workshop using some web tool. And right now, there's so many online tools you can learn. Uh, and uh, and then the next thing, you really need to practice. And when you learn this, when you try to use it, my best advice to uh, uh, my resident, I have taught lots of people, uh, the physician, the medical school student, and my residents. And uh, it start with simple. Don't think you can learn you everything uh, at the beginning. You have to learn some really simple one. Let's say, look at the, uh, uh, do the fast first, and then add on, little by little, add the amount. Like do the heart, do the basic TTE, then you can add on more. So that's uh, uh, how I think it's, uh, it's, it's try and learn the uh, process. But now, like I, like I talk about, there's so many tools there. There's a website, there are lots of, uh, Free website videos and the Pocus, our Pocus Academy here is provide wonderful uh, learning tool, and they even have a video show you, uh, you know how to do it, and you can submit your video, and we can exam, we can take a look, see what you did is right or wrong, and you can do like an online assessment yourself. 
So I think everyone is find their own unique, uh, specific way what's the best suit for yourself. But the bottom line is, should I using all these available tools for you and keep a practice? That's how you're getting better. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it does take some time, some actual hands-on. I think it's more of a hands-on than a didactic thing, definitely. Um, so you you gave me um, and by the way I'm looking forward to coming seeing you and doing the uh, Pocus Festival training there with your residents in your awesome facility there at the University of uh, yeah. West Virginia. That's going to be fun. When is that? Like September twenty uh, first. Twenty first. Wow. We have a wonderful we have wonderful wonderful facility. Yeah, it's going to be we great. Have a, uh, really um, top notch. Sim- Center, yeah, and our focus training center is right in within the vicinity of our simulation center. So our ultrasound, we call it ultrasound training lab. The our ultrasound <laughs> training lab have about like a twenty uh, best ultrasound machine, and we have we call the guided training. So we put on the step by step. There's a guide to teach you how to learn, and we. Uh, uh, like uh, we train our medical school students, uh, like uh, they start their year one, they are learning the ultrasound and throughout their whole fourth year. So I set up the um, residency training. Our resident training, uh, like uh, every year we do like a two, twice a, a year workshop and the resident going through the pocket rotation. I recently just started to uh, training the ultrasound for faculty. We just started our ultrasound for faculty training series. So we are, it's, uh, you know, um, and just like uh, James said, this is basically, you have to train and practice. It's a hands-on skill. Yeah. You can't just learn from the book. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you, James. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun, especially using your awesome equipment there. So uh, let me ask you something. So I, this is kind of a silly question, but I'm just going to pull it out. So you think uh, point of care ultrasound will ultimately improve patient care? There's a debate about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay, good. Well, the absolutely will be. Well, wh- let me ask you a question. Okay. Is the stethoscope in, in improve the patient care? Well, of course, yes, it has. Right to time how do people to listen to the breathing they put their ear on the chest right that's right and put their ear on the heart right uh-huh. well then we had a stethoscope so now this is the ear of the visual scope so ultrasound is another step beyond the stethoscope we're not just listening we're looking now uh so uh although there are no random well there are small sample random trial and there are uh um, they're, they're, they're not like a big bundle of type of, uh, bundle of the uh, literature say it's definitely important, but mm-hmm. it's a coming, you know, with more and more people doing it, most of, uh, uh, lots of the physicians are still in the learning process, but it's a coming. And we all know ultrasound can timely diagnose if the patient crash, patient arrest, uh, and then the, the, uh, the ultrasound can timely diagnose, find the, the reason or you can, at least you can rule out the reason, what's the cause, why the patient uh, arrests. And uh, there's, uh, in my anesthesia view, uh, anesthesia field, uh, we can also, uh, like if we have a patient, especially emergency patient, we would not have time uh, to have a cardiology, look at the heart, 
to have a pulmonology look in the lung, do mm-hmm. all these consultations. If I have an ultrasound with my hand, I can just uh, do a polyovacular ultrasound, look in the heart myself, and check it along myself, right? So, and then according to the patient's status, I design the best uh, material techniques and design the best way, I'll find the best way to take care of this patient. And uh, on the other, and uh, you know, now uh, we do lots of the chest x-rays to rule out the bleeding, to rule out the lung disease. Uh, quite a few of this pathology condition it's easy, are easily diagnosed with a quick, timely diagnosis by ultrasound. Yes. Wow. I'm blown away. And Dr. Wang, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You're very busy. This is our third attempt at this, and we made it happen. I'm excited. You made me feel bad now. <laughs> no, no. You're a busy lady. You're always, you're, you know, you're doing so much stuff and patient load, teaching, boards, and all that. So, and I want to say, I appreciate the audience for listening in. And don't forget that for even more POCUS talk, you can follow us on Twitter at POCUS Academy and on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. Dr. Wang, it was an honor to have you on our podcast today. I thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll see you September 21st. Yes, I'll see you there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.